I've been watching uh, little Lincoln, Brevin in London's son, you know, tottering, you know, when I see him on Wednesday nights, tottering, see if he's going to walk, and then uh, he's been walking, but I saw him Wednesday walking around the little toddler room. You know, little kids, they, they don't know anything to do except to get up and start walking. We as Christians, it's time for us to start walking on the water. It's time for us to go past our fears, our apprehensions, the things in the past, uh, the troubles that we see coming, and we get into this stance where we're uh, we're ready for the next shoe to drop. We're ready. Uh, we're, we're ready for that next thing to happen. No, we have to walk in faith. We have to walk knowing that we are going to face opposition, troubles, and trials. But the kingdom of God is in us, and only yes. going to come out through us. We're only going to see the miraculous. We're only going to see God move as we step into our situations. You moms are taking care of your kids. God is with you. That's your water. God wants to manifest himself in you as you're talking to your kids, as you're raising them up. Wherever you find yourself with people, that's your water. Whatever you're facing financially, God is the one that's walking on the water with you. Jesus is the one that caused that fish to come out so he could pay his taxes. And he gave Peter that, that commission to go get that money. I tell you, wherever we're at, this is the time the kingdom of God is moving forward. This is a time in history where the church is going to get up and begin to move in a powerful way because our faith is in Jesus Christ and our confidence is in who he is. Get excited. The kingdom of God is in you. This is week four. I hope uh, it seems new and different to you, even though the title might be the same. Jesus made, him, made heaven available to us. This is a familiar scripture. It's in Mark 1.10. And immediately coming up from the water, Jesus saw the heavens parting and the spirit descending upon him like a dove. At the very beginning of his ministry, when he was going into the waters of baptism, showing us this is the way we were going to go. As Jesus came up out of the water, the Holy Spirit came upon him. The heavens parted. There was a sign that something was beginning to happen in history, that the kingdom of God was about ready to bust open its doors. So that all the provision of God, all the atmosphere of the Holy Spirit, and everything God wanted to do through Jesus was about to break in on the scene. It's a powerful thing for us because when the heavens are parted, the glory of God comes, the provisions of God comes, the hope of God comes, a reality and a mindset changes in us no matter how you've been struggling, what's going on in your marriage, your family, whatever's going on. It's about to change when you realize we have access to heaven. But this was only the beginning in that history when Jesus came on the scene that things started to shake. Things started to rattle in a roll in that situation when God parted those heavens. As soon as Jesus came up out of the water, there was a new availability for heaven to touch people. And we saw through Jesus' ministry that heaven was beginning to display itself through the power of God that moved through his life. And as he followed the Father's direction, God moved in miraculous ways in people's lives, and they were partakers of heaven coming into their life. It says that the Spirit remained on Jesus. Heaven's power remained upon him, doing the miraculous, encouraging people. The gospel had a power. It had the ability to change things that have not been changed. The kingdom of God is at hand when John the Baptist was preaching the gospel and telling people to repent. It says the kingdom, he was telling people the kingdom of God is right here. And he was trying to get people to awaken to a new place of receiving from God. There was a new resource coming, and it was from heaven. 
Can you imagine the earth? All of us know that there are prisons. Can you imagine, just think of really all of earth is a prison. Satan is the evil warden of this prison. And uh, too bad Freddy's not here today because I was thinking about him this week. And for freedom for a person who's in jail is when those prison doors open. And Freddie always talks about gate nine. Gate nine is that place of exit in the San Benito County jail where people get to leave and get out of prison, get out of jail. But that freedom is so dependent on those doors opening. That gate nine is a symbol both of captivity and of freedom. When that door is locked, you're not going anywhere. But when the door is open, there's an ability to go out. Isaiah and Luke both wrote about the freedom that was going to come through Jesus Christ because he was ushering in the availability and the tangible hands-on experience that we could have with the kingdom of God. And then I think about the Old Testament. When Moses was given the directions to build the tabernacle in the wilderness, that tabernacle was God coming down so that he could be with the people, but he was so encapsulated in that little wooden box. And behind that box was that veil that limited anyone from connecting and seeing with God. They saw the attributes of what God was doing as he provided food and water and everything that they needed. But the literal presence with God was in that little tabernacle and inside the Holy of Holies. That veil represents gate nine. The veil represents that separation between you walking into a new freedom, you having new hope, you having a season change in your life. It's a veil. It, it was a tangible thing that we saw in the Old Testament. And here's what um, one of the commentaries says about the veil. The most frequently mentioned veil is the multicolored curtain decorated with cherubim and suspended from hooks attached to four wooden pillars placed in the tabernacle between the holy place and the most holy place. In Exodus 26, it talks about that. This covering signified the separation of the people from God, but also represented a place, a meeting place for the two parties that were in that covenant God had established. A, a second curtain hung at the entrance to the tabernacle, and it was like a screen. When the tabernacle was moved, the inner veil was taken down and used to cover the ark. Again, when they moved, the ark was covered by that veil. Again, depicting the separation between God and man that was established because the way had not been made for, for sinful man to fellowship with God. The death of Jesus is what separated, ended that separation. In Matthew 27, 50, and from the cross, Jesus cried out again with a loud voice and yielded up his spirit. It's interesting that Jesus had gone through the sufferings that he went through, the beatings, and hanging on that cross, and everything that he went through, and the weight of sin on him, and yet with a strong voice, showing that all the life was in him, even though his body was weakened and, and terribly uh, destroyed, yet there was a strength in his spirit because life came into his body and remained in his body because of the spirit in him. 
And he had to yield up his spirit to die in that physical form. But he cried out with that loud voice. And in Matthew 27, 51, Then at Christ's death, behold, the veil in the temple was torn in two from top to bottom, and the earth quaked and the rock split. God did a violent tearing when he himself tore that curtain in the temple, signifying there is no more separation between us and God, and there is no more separation between us and the kingdom of God with all of its resources, all of its power, all of its abilities to bring everything that we need from God. And our faith in the kingdom of God being within us and us being representatives of the kingdom of God and that power it is constantly affronted by what we see, feel, and the circumstances that we find ourselves in, and the evil that is in this world. But we, because we have the kingdom of God, we have a freedom. And I believe God wants some of us today to get a realization today that you're going to be able to step out of something, whether it's fear, whether it's a season, whether it's an intimidation, whether it's a, a, a fear about the next problem, uh, an anxiety about something that I believe some people are going to today, and I believe all of us can step out of something today and have a new level of freedom in God and knowing who they are and knowing that you are operating in the kingdom of God and that the Holy Spirit is living in your life. You just might simply walk into a new place of peace. I, had, I felt like I did that the other day. I was just being a pastor, you're just anxious about people's situations and things going on. And I just, the other day, I just said, no. I'm in your kingdom, and I, you got this. You got every situation where it goes, and I go, I'm going out of this. And I felt this peace and this freedom and this joy that I have not felt in a long time. Yeah. It's time for us to realize who we are and the realm we're in. We're, we're hearing, hearing all kinds of things going with government. They want to throw the president out. The kingdoms are shaking and shattering, but we are living in a kingdom that's overcoming the kingdoms of this world. We live in our citizens of a kingdom that promises peace and joy and victory and promises help through whatever we go through. And yes, you're going to be in situations where it doesn't seem like God's working, but the enemy is going to lie to you. Your circumstances are going to lie to you. Your own emotions and your feelings are going to lie to you. But you have to just keep putting yourself in, no, I'm in the kingdom. God's working on this. I may not see the answer yet, but God is working in my situation. God is for me. God is hearing my prayer. God is on the move. I may not see the answer, but I know because I prayed, he's working all the details that are going to bring that answer into my own reality. I know a couple of people uh, recently have gone through some major things for like three and a half years, and now they're in a whole new transition. Uh, and the transition is incredible because they're no longer fearful or anxious about the situation that was five years, but now they're in a place where things are changing and they have a new whole set of problems because now they have to deal with what God's changing for them. And it's interesting that when we finally get our breakthroughs, it, it causes us to have more things to deal with because that's a part of growth. When the children of Israel went into the promised land, they had to face new giants, but they weren't in the wilderness anymore. And you have to get a confidence that you might deal with some anxiety, but God is going to give you a faith like Joshua and Caleb that you're going into the land and you're going to possess everything that God has for you. You're going to overcome because you're not alone anymore. Somehow in your struggles of learning to walk in the spirit and learning to walk with God, now you realize God is with you. Yeah, you may be apprehensive at times. You may see the giants, but somehow there's a bigger giant in you. 
There's a bigger giant, Jesus himself, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. The Bible says in Philippians that the Godhead bodily lives inside of us. Wow, talk about a, a giant, talking about a, a knight, talking about someone with armor. You can stand up, you can rise up, because even if you're the weakest person, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Yes. God breaks our separations. God had Isaiah prophesy in Isaiah 64.1. Isaiah's prayer to God was, Oh, that you would rend the heavens, that you would come down, that the mountains might shake at your presence. Well, it happened when Jesus went to the cross. God rent the heavens. God rent the heavens so that all of heaven's resources are available to us. And greater are we 2,000 years after what Jesus went through because we see the church, the church age, and how the church has gone through the different uh, times in history and how there's been ups and downs but there's more Christians alive today than ever before. There is more prayer going up than ever before. Even though it's getting darker, even though there's more opposition, it's because Satan knows this time in short. Because the body of Christ is rising up. The bride of Christ is rising up. She's walking into holiness. She's walking into the power of God and the authority of God. And there's great things happening. But you're going to see the darkness. You're going to see the enemy moving. And that's what the enemy uses to try to intimidate you. But no, you're an overcomer. You're a kingdom person, and God is in you. Resurrection in Matthew 27, 52 through 53. Even more evidences of the kingdom of God. It says the graves were opened, and many bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep were raised. And coming out of the graves after his resurrection, they went into the holy city and appeared to many, even the conquering of death. We have a number of people we're praying for, uh, terminal type diseases, uh, uh, on hospice, whatever. And we're in this thing where we're wrestling with the kingdom of God, wanting to see the kingdom of God raise people up, but knowing people are going to pass on and go to a greater heaven and a, a greater experience with the kingdom of God. But we do what we are to do. We pray for the sick. We pray for those who are near death and believing for God for do a miracle. But if he doesn't, we still believe. We still believe because the kingdom of God is greater than the things that we to see that come against our faith. Jesus, at his crucifixion, fulfilled and canceled our sin. That's why God could rend the heavens and tear the, tear the veil apart. There was no sin between us. Oh, yeah, the enemy will flaunt us with what we did in the past or bring up feelings and emotions that connect us with sin or get us to trip up and do something that's sinful. But we stand and are covered by the blood of Jesus Christ. From the moment we ask Jesus Christ to come into our heart, the Bible says we are born again and we are no longer sin we are his righteousness and what we have to do is keep confessing our sins when we do it and begin to ask the holy spirit to root out those things that we we know that are not right and they don't please god and it is the power of the holy spirit that changes us and transforms us but the biggest thing is the enemy wants us to so downplay the and be oppressed by our the things that are going on that we consider ourselves not kingdom people we consider ourselves powerless we consider ourselves well we haven't overcome yet no we're walkers. We can walk. We can walk on our water. We're part of the kingdom of God. We're overcoming. We're in the process of overcoming. Yeah, I had, a, had some uh, good days, and then I had a couple of bad days. No, get up. Get up again. The kingdom of God hasn't left you. In fact, the, the weaker you are, the more the power of the kingdom of God is residing in you and ready to do a new thing. Amen. Wind from heaven. In Acts 2, 1 through 2. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. 
And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind and filled the house where they were sitting. You notice it says there was a sound from heaven and it was a sound of rushing mighty wind. They heard this roar, but the unseen power of the Holy Spirit was not actually wind that blew through the house, but it was the holy presence of God that came down from heaven because the heavens were now rended. The heavens were now open. The veil was rent. And there was a mighty rushing power of the Holy Spirit to rush in and fill the believers. And as they went through and the church began to grow, they would tell people about the Holy Spirit. And as they prayed for those people, they were filled with the Holy Spirit and they began to experience God. There were signs, wonders, and miracles. We are filled with the Spirit regardless of whether we feel like it or not. But when we begin to activate our faith, we begin to stand up in a way that we know that we are kingdom people. And we know we have access to a kingdom God. And we know we can use our voice and use his name to bring heaven to bear in the circumstances around us and the people that have great needs. The rushing mighty wind that filled the house. You should constantly be saying, God, fill this house. God, fill this house. We are weak people. We have flesh that, that weakens us and causes us to be tempted and discouraged. And we have feelings and emotions and mindsets that make us feel like we're, we're not connected with God. They are lying to you. You are in the kingdom of God. But you stir yourself beyond your feelings, beyond your, uh, what you're seeing, beyond your circumstances that have you down. And God has given us the love to love each other, to love our, our spouses, to love the people around us. And that causes us to overcome the feelings and the things that Satan would try to stir up. Or, oh, you know, we had a struggle with that person. And, oh, you know, the enemy stirs us up that we have ought against each other. No, we are covered by the blood because we, to get forgiveness, we give forgiveness. And it's that circulation of, of God circulating his love for us and us giving it to each other where we're overcoming the enemy and the lies that he's giving. In Acts 2, 4, it says they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. Uh, in Ephesians, it talks about one of the signs of uh, being filled is speaking to, your, to yourself in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. You find yourself getting up in the morning and there's a song. Maybe it's a song you ha haven't even sung for a while. It's the Holy Spirit in you regenerating to keep you filled and overflowed, to keep you uh, connected with the Spirit so that you can discern what God's saying to you. They could hear the voice of the Lord, which is still and small. Man, I notice lately, sometimes I have to catch it. It's just such a slight thing, and I can only think, did I really hear God? But I notice if I tune in to what that is, usually it's God. And I'm thinking, wow, he's speaking, but i got to keep listening. You have a heart. You have a spirit that's born again where the kingdom of God lives, and it has ears to hear what the Spirit wants to say to you. Heaven continues to come down at the, Holy, at the Holy Spirit's presence. You can manifest the presence of God. You can be in the middle of something that you don't even know what to do. You might be in a place at work where you have to have an answer and you don't know what to do. You may have all the people attention at you because you're supposed to say something. And that's when you draw on the Holy Spirit. That's what Jesus said. He'd come, he'd come up because you're dependent on him and you're not dependent on yourself. Bill Johnson said this. He says, we now live under an open heaven. I hope you're getting that message today. The heavens have been rented. When that curtain was tore way back 2,000 years ago, there's more heaven coming down than ever before. But we have to access it. We have to receive it. We have to appropriate it. We have to go past our feelings and our circumstances and apprehend the heavens that are open for us. 
It's all about receiving. And most of us are doers, and it's hard to receive. But when you get with God and position yourself in the presence of the Lord, it's about learning how to receive, learning how to take in what you need. We all pretty much know what a green light means, right? It means go. I had an unusual experience this summer. I was coming to church. I was on McCray coming up to Santa Ana. I was going about 25. The light changed. There was no one I could see to the left or the right. The person was stopped in front of me, and so I'm slowing down, and I'm thinking, okay, it's green. He's going to go. 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 The light's green. He's going to go. He's going to go. And then I'm realizing, if I don't do something, I'm going to hit him. I went around him and went. And as I went around, and I'm on my way to San Benito here, I'm looking in the mirror. He never did leave. <laughs> we have a go with God. We have a green light. We have a freedom. Why aren't we stepping into our freedom? God has made a go for us. It's all green. It's all go. Why are we holding back? How many, some of us have been in places for years and we're not moving forward. We got to move forward. We got to move forward. Today, you can get a revelation like, I can, I'm going to take a step. I'm going to do something. I'm going to take my go from heaven and I'm going to, I'm going to believe for something that I haven't, haven't believed for. Or I'm going to step out of this place. I'm going to do an action on what I've been praying and believing for because I know, God, you're going to do something. It's kind of radical today. Uh, Acts 3, I want to read this story. It's a familiar story, but I feel like it goes. Now, Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. And a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful. Okay, Obviously, this guy had been in a position, in a circumstance for a long time. How many of you have been in a circumstance or a situation for a long time? I tell you, it's, it's time for us who are lame to get up. And you hear me, I tell you about dealing with struggles with social anxiety. I'm taking faith to keep getting up, to keep getting up that something is going to change because even though we've been in circumstances for a long time, we serve a God who's alive. We serve a God that wants to rise up in us because we are kingdom people. We have access to a greater source of supply. We have access and live in a greater kingdom than the kingdoms we are on this earth. That's why the church, the early church, could go through such persecution because she wasn't bound by Rome. She wasn't bound by Satan. She had been liberated because the kingdom of God was now living inside of them. They could live radical, overcoming lives. They could be thrown in prison and rejoice because they were no longer bound by Roman guards. They were no longer bound by anything because there was something that was released in them by their faith in Jesus Christ. And it's time where God is awakening it again. So wherever you're, you're hung up, wherever you feel like you're lame, I feel like God wants you to get up today. So he was laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful to ask alms from those who entered the temple. We know, because we've talked about this many times, that Jesus went into that temple many times. So what happened? What kind of looks did Jesus give this man? But somehow, it wasn't the right timing for him. The Bible says, faith comes by hearing and hearing the word. And you can hear the word over and over and over again. But that word is incorruptible seed, and it comes into your heart. It comes through your mind, your intellect, 
but it goes down into your heart, into the seed of your heart, the seed of your heart where the Holy Spirit nurtures your heart, nurtures that seed where the word comes in and the, the seed is nurtured by the Holy Spirit so you can grow and germinate. And because it's incorruptible seed, it grows, it grows, it grows. And then all of a sudden at times it's ready to move. And that's what had been happening in this man. From all those experiences, from the times the disciples had gone in and out, in and out to that temple, they saw believers go in and out. There was prayer going on. And he sat there just wanting his natural needs met. But all of a sudden, someday, that day, that one day, something began to happen. That seed began to do such a deep work, and he was ready to get up. He was ready to get up and, and live and live under the kingdom and access and put and appropriate the kingdom of God that was now available to him. Who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked of alms, and fixing his eyes on him, with John and Peter, he said, look at us. So he gave them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. I tell you, you guys, the Holy Spirit is here, and he wants to raise your expectation today. Like Andrea prophesied there today about the open door. It's the open heavens. It's the veil rent that there is an opportunity, but God wants to awaken your expectations today that you would dare to reach out and receive something that's, that you felt like is almost impossible. And sometimes we feel like, I've been in this situation so long, and the enemy's right there. I've been in this situation so long. Maybe it's a back pain. Maybe it's something else. And you just think, oh, it's not for me, or uh, I've prayed about things that don't happen. No, it's almost like you have to go past that expectation, and you have to dare to believe that God wants to do something for you now. Yes. Expecting to receive something of them. Then Peter said, silver and gold I do not have. And we don't have it, you guys. We don't have the provisions. Heaven's got the provisions. But we have and know the one who owns the heavens. And he's our father. And he's our brother. And the Holy Spirit is with us. But we can tell people, it's time. It's time to have a new strength in your relationships, in your marriages, in your interactions with your family. It's time to see something restored that you had no, uh, it wasn't your fault that it broke. Maybe you got saved later in your life, but God wants to go back and restore what's been broken. And it's us who by faith say, I want it. I want it. I want to receive it. I'm going to appropriate it. Oh, Jesus, you're a loving, good God. And it said, God, if you went through such a thing where you didn't even spare your own son because you loved us so much, how much more? It said he will give us all things. It's time for God to just be moving in our lives.